guest who I guess had been staying there and they didn't know had been staying there, came out with a knife and chased him down the hallway. So that was very interesting. Curated, a designer podcast. All right, welcome to um, Curated, our designer podcast. Today, we have the pleasure of talking to Christine McDonald um, with Loden Properties. Um, we're going to be talking with the Longleaf Hotel and Lounge. And of course, we have Danielle Reiser, um, podcast hostess as well. And um, we're just super excited to talk about this amazing boutique project. Well, thank you, Christine, for joining us. Uh, thank you for hosting us live in person. Um, what was that, two days ago on Wednesday? That was my first time visiting the site. Uh, you did a phenomenal job, and we just appreciate your time there. And thank you for being flexible. Uh, the audio, we were having a hard time, and we've learned from past experiences with our our last podcast with Height House. Uh, it's not best to re record on site if um, you know, there's echoey spaces. So we really appreciate you joining us via Zoom. Um, and we look forward to continuing our conversation and just letting the listeners hear your process, your inspiration, and how the project came to be. Great. Well, thanks for having me. Um, excited to tell y'all again and um, was glad that you were able to come by, um, even though the conditions weren't ideal for recording. But um, where would you like me to start? Can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and um, how the project came about? Okay, um, again, I'm Christine McDonald. I'm the creative director with Loden Properties. I uh, joined with them in 20, end of 2018. Um, I'm an interior designer by education and I've been in the industry for about 24 years or so. Um, Ann and I had the pleasure of working together many years ago. And um, when I came on board the team, which is Russ Jones and Henry Ward, the two partners with um, Loden had been looking at what was at the time, the old Days Inn, which is right at the entrance to downtown Raleigh, a fantastic site, but a property that had really had fallen into disrepair and what what we saw when we were looking at it was a place that had such a great opportunity to do something special as you drive into the city of Raleigh and to welcome people and to something that that locals could feel really proud of. Um, it was originally a 1964 travel lodge, and sometime in the 1990s it was um, turned into a Days Inn, and it remained that until we actually closed on the property in 2019. And, um, you know, I can tell you a few funny stories um, during the due diligence when we were looking um, at the building. Um, my first walkthrough was very interesting. There were, you know, people who had been maybe living there a little bit. And um, once the property had been vacated, I went in one of the rooms and it was a disaster. Needless to say, um, they weren't just using the bathroom for the bathroom purposes. So um, that was shocking. And then um, <laughs> one of the owners, um, uh, Henry specifically, when he was looking through the property, they went to one of the rooms that they thought was an empty room. And when they knocked on the door just to kind of go in and put the key in to go in, um, a, a, a guest, who I guess had been staying there and they didn't know had been staying there, came out with a knife and chased him down the hallway. 
So that was very interesting. So we had, you know, we had a property that really needed some tender loving care. And so we started thinking about what could this be? We clearly wanted to save the original property. Um, we were really interested in this movement that had started in the Southwest of uh, taking old motor lodges and revitalizing them. And so we started looking at that and we hired um, Joshua Gajownik who was the creative offices of, who really was, you know, the, the kind of brains and the vision behind what this brand could be. And after toying with a bunch of different ideas, you know, Raleigh's um, you know, so focused on the city of Oaks, his notion was it's the capital city. This is a place to welcome travelers, you know, from, from everywhere. What if we thought bigger and thought about, you know, something that's very North Carolina centric. And we landed on the longleaf pine. And the longleaf is indigenous to this area. It's really the northernmost point that longleaf pine grow, but it's an endangered species. And at the same time, it is one of the most important species in the sense of it is a very um, um, eco-diverse, it creates very eco-diverse systems that's super important for the health of, of our environment. Mm -hmm. So we started with this idea of the longleaf pine. Out of that came you know, a couple really big ideas, which were, let's focus on things that are North Carolina and local. Let's build on the notion of sustainability and sustainable practices, whether that be in the design and the materials, but also in our processes. And then also being a 1964 structure, let's also pay homage to mid-century modern. So that's, that's where we started with, with that. You definitely see the theme of the longleaf throughout. Uh, the longleaf, the trees actually outside and then throughout the space. So it's really cool um, to hear how you came up with that. Yeah, we had, we were lucky enough when we did our little tour the other day to go into the rooms and the wall covering that you guys have in the bathroom looks like the pine needles. And it's just, the theme is continued throughout the space, which, but not in a kitschy way. It's just, it's really nice. It's just, it's just a beautiful property. And one of the other great aspects of that property, and we touched a little bit on it when we toured it was the patio and how important that patio was during the pandemic. And um, so I don't know if, you know, if you want to talk a little bit about that and some of the challenges you guys faced during the pandemic. Sure. You know, we had really just opened our doors. It was January of 2020. So we had only been open for maybe two and a half months before things really started turning. And ultimately, by the end of March, we had closed the property. And it remained closed for about three months. And so I guess it was around end of June of last year, we started reopening. And as you can imagine, travel was very, very light. So occupancy in the hotel was so minimal. You know, there were many nights where we had zero guests. Yeah. But fortunately, um, because we are a hotel, we also serve food in the lounge. We were able to open that piece of it we opted to clearly we're not have, we didn't have guests inside the lounge, but we had this great outdoor patio um, that seated, you know, 45 people socially distanced outside. Um, 
And that was the saving grace that kept us going, you know, during, during most of COVID. Fortunately, things have really started turning around. Um, occupancy is way up in the hotel. We, we see many, many weekends that are completely booked. Um, and that's been the case really since maybe a month, month and a half or so. And we see that continuing on um, and the lounge is, is stabilized and we're starting to promote um, different events at the lounge too. We have DJ Sundays, we have bingo night. We're looking at some other fun things really just to activate that space. And, and um, you know, not only is it a nice little respite to go sit there and as you know, you have but, you know, also to kind of bring some people together in a safe way still. Yeah. And so I know with the outdoor space, it's, it's wonderful. But the inside, of course, the bar is beautiful. And I would recommend everyone to go check it out. Um, it's a design, just beautiful, mid-century, gorgeous use of wood. It's so warm. But with now things opening up, I guess, are more people go inside the space now? And it kind of... They are. Okay, yeah, good. they are. Yeah. So that's completely open. Um, you know, I can talk a little bit about that space and how we made the choices that we made. Um, so going back to Joshua Gajownik, when we were kind of kicking around sort of the notion for um, really, you know, what direction did we want to go in? We landed on, again, the mid-century modern, but not in this in the sort of traditional sense. He had this idea of, of remembering when he'd go visit his grandfather who lived in North Carolina time. And I think Josh had grown up in New York and he would come and visit and he would see, you know, like hang out in granddad's den, which was, you know, totally mid-century. And he's, he just, um, he kept thinking about that when we were planning the design for this space. So we wanted to, we wanted it to be very, very comfortable. We wanted it to be very um, welcoming. We didn't want it to be a period piece. We wanted it to be something that really still felt of our time, but um, clearly, you know, had notions that were related to mid-century modern. So we looked at different materials, terrazzo, like the countertops and the bar are, are made of terrazzo. We incorporated leather and brass and a lot of wood, like custom wood, um, slatted wood that really, you know, built on the notion of the soaring longleaf pine. Yeah. Well, and connecting to the mid-century details, um, I love you talking about the iconic starshine. Um, the breeze blocks. Mm -hmm. Talk about that and how you were able to incorporate it. Yeah. So the breeze blocks were completely hidden and we had, we thought they might still be there. And we had found this postcard of the original travel lodge from the 1960s and it showed the exterior of it. And there they were with breeze blocks, but they had been covered up by days in. And I thought, you know what, it's, it's time to see what's under there. And fortunately they were still there clearly. Um, and uh, we incorporated that um, into the logo as well. Yeah, so cool. Keeping with the existing architecture, you guys did a phenomenal job with that. And all the subtle details of the lighting. Um, you want to talk about the color scheme and kind of throughout the space. I love how there's, you know, kind of a theme on each side of the hall, which room has what. So if you want to talk through some of those. Right. Details. The color palette was really, again, taking inspiration from 
North Carolina, um, but they're also looking at it from sort of a mid-century perspective too. And so it's, it's like a, a, a dusky green, a salmon color. Um, we incorporated some um, like burgundy, like velvet. And so in the space on the south side in the rooms, we did, because they're south facing and they have a lot of light, we, we call those the green rooms. And so they're really playing on that dusky green theme. And on the Northern side, which is really like has a lot of um, uh, magnolia trees. So it's a little bit darker on that side, but when you look out the windows, it's just beautiful nature scene. It is beautiful. But those are more, those are brighter with the, the kind of salmon peach color that we incorporated throughout. Yeah, I hadn't been on that side until we were there the other day. And I, I mean, you feel like you're in the forest. It was really mm -hmm. lovely. I liked it which, over there. Which is kind of crazy given the location. But, I know. Right? <laughs> you don't feel like you're right there in the beginning of the Raleigh, North Carolina. So you, um, I know in the beginning there was going to be a restaurant aspect part of Longleaf. Could you talk a little bit about the future of Longleaf and where you see it going and the plans that you guys have for this for the property? Right, so we have um, an adjacent parcel that had, is planned for a restaurant. And because of everything with COVID, we put those plans on hold. And now, um, and that was to be Ish Delicatessen. Ish is now um, in the old Person Street Cafe space and they're getting ready to open. Um, we are planning, uh, Ish actually still provides a lot of our food for the lounge and we're planning on um, having a delivery service for that food to the hotel. So it'll be easily accessible to guests who are staying there or guests that are in the lounge. Um, that parcel remains to be seen. We have some bigger ideas, um, but we haven't landed on anything yet. So we definitely work at, you know, have plans for that space, but haven't decided what that is just yet. I do like that you guys do, that you provide some like bar snacks, but they're not typical bar snacks, I would say. Right. So um, would you like, could you talk, I would love if you would talk about that and the inspiration there and which one's your favorite. So all of that really came from Matt Fern. Um, and again, building on the mid-century idea, he said, let's do snacks that are really mid-century inspired. So the kind of things that you would see when you go to a cocktail party you know, <laughs> in, in that era. So. We have port wine cheddar cheese balls served with Ritz crackers. We have homemade French onion dip with Ruffles chips. Um, we have the most amazing, I think, deviled eggs. Um, they are classic um, and so delicious. Yes. Um, and then, you know, our cocktail menu is very mid-century inspired. Um, it changes all the time, so I'm not gonna be able to really talk too much about that. <laughs> um, but my favorite, of course, in the food is the deviled eggs. Um, Same. I, I can eat those every time I go because they are delicious. They are. I'm going to say right now that there's, I was at another restaurant and I was so excited. They had um, a deviled egg and I, they're my favorite and I'm real particular about them. And it was a Southern restaurant and I took a bite and it was full of onions 
Right. Is that not weird? Like why? And you're like, no, no, that's not how we do deviled eggs. No. And I was so disappointed. I'm just like, this is a Southern restaurant and we're putting onions in the deviled eggs. No, I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> so I know you um, have seasonal cocktails, but um, do you have a favorite, like the ones in the fall or ones in the summer? Or is it just your mood at the time? Um, and that is a good question. <laughs> Every time I go, I tend to drink one of, um, I tend to drink the Paycheck Pilsner, which is by Full Steam Brewery. And all of our beers are either local or North Carolina beers. So we don't have any other. And so I tend to have that one. Um, and we have an amazing wine list. Um, and cocktails, I don't know, in the winter, I love an old fashioned and we do our own variation of that, which um, is freaking delicious. Um, <laughs> there's some really great ones right now. I think they're doing, it's a, it's a form of blue Hawaiian, but ours is kind of green, like our, like long leaf green. <laughs> oh gosh. Uh-huh. And it's like pretty cool and very tasty. Yeah. The theme runs deep with long leaf. Yeah. All the way down to the color of the cocktails. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, do you guys have anything coming up exciting that you can share with us? Any new projects in this area or other areas? Just in, and if you can't talk about it, that's fine. But I think you guys have done such an amazing job with this property. And, you know, Christine, with your design background, it's so obvious to me, you know, of that because the space is just just stunning. I mean, I just, I love it. So it would be great if you guys were doing other projects in our city. (laughs) In fact, uh, we have a number of plans in the works. Um, A couple of them I can't talk about just yet because we're still in due diligence. Um, One of them I think would be really, really neat addition to our community. Um, We have um, closed on a number of other properties that aren't necessarily hospitality related, but they kind of are, you know, still in the vein of what we are interested in doing, which is, um, you know, urban infill kind of projects that contribute in meaningful ways to the community and add to the, you know, unique fabric of each community. Um, But there are two hospitality projects, one in um, this market and one in the mountains that we're pretty excited about. So stay tuned. You should be able to talk about those in the next couple months. Um, and I uh, can't wait. I can't either. Yeah. I just, you know, being a long time resident of the city, um, it's just it's having seen all these different properties go up and, you know, mixed juice, multifamily, whatever. It's so refreshing to have a developer that cares about design and the things that you do care about and it's just it's just nice and refreshing so thank you for that well thank you we appreciate that um you know all the new things are important for growth in communities right um and we recognize that too but we we particularly are very interested in in the special unique little things um, in communities that have history and story and, um, you know, trying, trying to, um, work with that. Yeah. Yeah. I think you said it best, you know, well, it's all about revitalization, 
but you said it and you're like, we need more layers, you know, you need some mm-hmm. funky and you said we need some weird. And I just mm-hmm. love that. That has stuck with me um, from the tour that it's so true. It's what makes it interesting. So yeah, you said you're going to bring the weird. So we're going to expect it every time to have. We, we hope to, to be able to do that. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> this episode of Curated is sponsored by Bridgepoint General Contracting. Bridgepoint is a woman-owned, hub-certified commercial contractor serving the greater Triangle area, specializing in building renovations, office fit-ups, labs, healthcare, and restaurants. Visit BridgepointNC.com to learn more and inquire about your next construction project. Bridgepoint, building trust by delivering results. So we left the, I called Danielle after we left your property. Um, I forgot, I was going to text this to you, Christine, but I didn't. But um, so I called Danielle. I was like, you know, sorry, that didn't work out, but I'm glad that we're going to do the Zoom instead. She's like, I cannot believe I've never met this woman before. She is amazing. I was like, yeah. oh, yes. <laughs> so I think Danielle well, wants to be your best friend. Yeah. Let's be pals. Yeah. yeah I was like uh, I can join you on the patio anytime it's just it's an awesome space but you're more awesome I literally I was kind of jealous I was like wow and you've been friends with her this long and you've never been like based on your design background and you know what you do for Loden, I think a lot of that is seen in the long leaf and the details. So, you know, from the towels to the shampoo to the whatever. So I don't know if you would can talk a little bit about that. So people that haven't stayed there, you know, I might, would like to know more about those things, you know, when they do stay there. Okay. Um... So I think I had mentioned in our tour, you know, we had a pretty tight budget and it was like, okay, what are the things do we want to focus on? What are the really important things when you stay, um, you know, at a hotel, what really matters? Um, The quality of your sleep and, and bed, the bedding, those things are paramount, right? And then where can we look for little areas that are, you know, special, that can be something that's a little different that you wouldn't maybe expect. And so we originally had um, fit out the hotel with a line of really luxury sheets that we didn't end up being able to continue to use. And we're still using a luxury line, but it's just a little different. Um, We also um, have Malin and Getz products and it's a company out of New York um, that, we use just really just wonderful, beautiful smelling stuff. Um, And in the bathrooms, instead of having a bunch of single use plastic containers in the showers, we have the body wash, the shampoo and the conditioner in refillable sort of dispensers as a way to kind of cut back on trash and, and those dreaded single use plastics. Yes. And then, you know, we wanted to focus on um, locally made um, foods and artisans. And so we have, you know, a bunch of local snacks that are in the rooms. We have Rise and Ramble um, created um, special throw pillows and uh, robes for us that were shibori dyed and completely unique for us. Um, 
What am I forgetting? The artwork. Oh, the artwork, all created by Joshua Gajanik, um, and then screen printed locally in Durham. Um, all of the wood in the rooms um, were done by um, Bull City Designs out of Durham. So the headboards, the, the desk unit, the, the closet unit, all of those things were, were custom made for us for those rooms. And then there's small touches like, you know, Nelson um, pendants in the rooms and some of those in the, the lobby as well, just to tie in that mid-century piece. Mm -hmm. And you guys are very much about sustainability. Yes. So going back to Longleaf Pine, um, we recognized again, being an endangered um, species, we've teamed up with the Triangle Land Conservancy. So throughout the property, we have longleaf pines planted and they're all very young longleaf pine. And once they get to a certain height, they get transplanted to one of their nature preserves in Southwest Wake County. And we actually did our first transplant, um, gosh, maybe a month or two ago. Uh, 10, 10 of our longleaf pine got transplanted there. And their notion is to build a new stand of longleaf pines on that property. And so it's, it's pretty, they had already kind of started with their own saplings. And so we've brought a little more mature trees there and it's kind of a fun thing to do. Um, on the property, we also have water cisterns that collect all of our rainwater, helps not only with stormwater runoff, but we use it for irrigation throughout the property as well. Again, trying to limit single use plastics wherever and whenever we can. Um, yeah, so those are some of the practices that we've put into place. Again, another great thing to do as a developer. So, I mean, it's great. Thank you. Will, will you talk a little bit more about just sourcing? There's so many details and things that go into a property like this. Can you talk about that process? Maybe what your favorite part was, maybe your least favorite things that didn't really pan out, but actually turned out better. It's always interesting when things present a challenge that it actually turns out better than the original idea. So anything like that on the property you can talk about? Yeah, it was, um, let's see. The rooms were pretty challenging because none of them were the same. In, in the sense of like dimensions were just a little bit different in every room, um, you know, outlets were in all different places. And so when you're trying to create standard rooms, it becomes a little challenging. <clears throat> um, so that, that, was, that was pretty hard um, to kind of work through some of that and particularly when it came to install time, right? Like, you know, there are things that had to be decided on the fly. Um, I think my favorite part was in the, um, getting baby pails for the, the lounge. Um, at the time, Matt Fern and I, because he was the lounge manager then, and um, we started going to a bunch of vintage stores all over the state looking for really specific kind of things. We wanted to focus on brass items, woodland animals, and <laughs> things that were really mid-century. And so if you really look, you'll see, you know, I mean, there's like a woodland animal everywhere. There's like deer and squirrels and fish <laughs> and, you know, owls, a bunch of owls and um, just unique, completely unique pieces to kind of, you know, make that space totally its own, right? And so that was probably the funnest part. I mean, the lounge was clearly the entire part of the lounge was the most fun. Yeah. Because you got to really focus on 
the design and the finishes, yeah. furnishings, nails. Yeah, the room, the rooms, you know, again, you have a lot of standard. And so it's like coming up with that standard and then just recreating it. And working, working with Josh was, was great. He's so much fun to work with and he is incredibly talented. And so um, we made a really great team. Cool. Do you have a favorite room? I do. Our King Deluxe, which is um, on the second floor, located just above um, the patio, actually, and it faces west, and it has a great view of Molino, and it's the only one of its kind, and it's it's basically a standard king, but it's a bigger room, and the layout is different, and it just, the lighting in there is fantastic, and there's, you know, some extra seating, and it just feels really nice and very private, and then, um, the suite is pretty great too. It's really two full-size rooms. So you have your full bedroom portion and then there's what we call um, the parlor, which is basically like a, a living room with two full baths in the suite. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. And um, so that, you know, that's a pretty fun place to hang. You have a lot of experience hanging out <laughs> in there, don't you, Anne? Yep, I sure do. <laughs> I just recalled it. <laughs> Christine. Oh goodness. We can talk through some of the details of the extra, the paint. I just noticed when we were kind of walking the halls, um, you know, the gray trim and how you place the numbers and everything being, you know, hand painted, the rug, just talk through some of those details. We can, again, it was just, you know, sticking with that color palette and then the idea of textures too. I don't know if you noticed throughout there were, there were, you know, the keeping with this notion of like layering and then the cross hatching, which is very mid-century, but then also pine needles that kind of fall and layer on each other and create these interesting little patterns. And so we use those things as guiding elements when making some of those decisions, whether it be in carpeting, whether it be in some lighting choices in the lounge, you know, there's, there's, um, one of our pendant lamps that hangs over the banquette creates these great shadows. Um, Josh had found it and it's just, again, it's creating those sort of neat layered patterns. Um, taking that same color palette, you know, that we talked about and um, translating that not only in the interior, but how did you do, how do you do it on the exterior, but doing it in a really kind of elegant way. Um, we didn't, again, want this to be too kitschy to obviously, you know, nod to a certain era. And so we went with, on the exterior, it was a mix of kind of greenish gray and muted green, and then incorporating some of that black uh, wrought iron and then allowing some of the jasmine to grow up that side to kind of soften that facade. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, the exterior originally, I think I had mentioned um, when it was built, had all exterior entrances to the rooms and they were balconies. And we, um, when the days in uh, kind of, you know, transformed it from the, the travel lodge, they had closed all those doors. And so we had the option to look at whether we wanted to bring those back. And there were a couple of reasons why we decided not to. Uh, one, for security reasons, exterior entrances, you have a little more security issues. And then um, the balcony with having specific um, air units underneath the windows, folks tend to go out on the balconies and smoke cigarettes and that just brings those in. Even though I think it would be great to have balconies, it just didn't feel like the right thing for us to do at the time. Yeah. 
Um, so we kind of looked at ways to address that balcony without making it seem like, well, what the heck, you know? Um, and that's where we came up with that, that wrought iron. Um, and Emily Rothrock, who was formerly with Site Collaborative, who was our land planner and landscape architect, she was really the mind behind um, doing that. I think she did a great job. I love uh, the wrought iron on the side of the patio mm -hmm. where yeah. it's incomplete and it just kind of creates this. Mm -hmm. It just kind of carries it around and yeah. stops, right? Um, yeah, again, I think she did a great job in coming up, but that was entirely her idea. And I thought, yeah, this is the right way to go. Because we looked at a lot of different options and, you know, it's nice when you finally find the one that feels right. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, definitely. So I know, um, so the furniture, you know, in the space, you talked about the headboards and the custom headboards and Bull City did those, but what about the other pieces and how did you procure those? Did you buy them right. direct or how was that process? I, I managed the entire procurement process myself and then the warehousing and the installation. Yeah, it's, um, and we used, you know, a mix of like local sources and then some tried and true, like there are a number of West Elm pieces in the hotel, like in each hotel room, we ended up going with contract grade West Elm chair in the room just because it fit our budget and it was the right, um, it was just right for what we were looking for. Um, but yeah, it was, it was pretty challenging, right? It was very challenging to procure all of those. I mean, every single piece of everything Right. Just yeah, it is. It's it's a tough job, yeah. and um, I'm very impressed. Nothing, because <laughs> it, it's 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 tough. Ugh, I cannot tell you how many times that I've been nervous about having an extra couch um, in my past life when we did procurement. So, yeah. <laughs> so, um, how many rooms are at the Longleaf? We have a total of 56 rooms, and it's a mix of four room types, although two of the room types, there's only one of each. We have one suite and we have that one king deluxe. And then we have standard kings and then rooms that are two doubles. Mm -hmm. As much as we wanted to have queens in those rooms, the rooms were just small. You can imagine it built in 1964. The footprint was just different back then, right? Mm -hmm. like, and so we had to work with what we had. Yeah, it, it has a cozy feel there. I mean, I immediately, my blood pressure, like I said, when we sat in the lounge, it just, it lowered and it just felt at ease and it just has a very homey feel. Mm -hmm, for sure. Thank you. Um, so a question about operations. So um, we brought on our um, general manager for the Longleaf Hotel, Tim Rogers, very early. Um, and he it really was, he and I kind of working through a lot of those decisions way before, I mean, I think he came on in May of 2020. And so he was integral in, in coming up with the entire process. He has, his entire background is in hotels, mostly branded hotels. Um, and so he was really the one that developed all of that. I can't speak to all the details because it's not my, my area of focus, but um, yeah. He's an expert in that. Physical. So Dina's dad owned the Lane Street Diner next to the Days Inn in the 90s. So she spent a lot of time next door. Oh, that's great. So was that the old our house or your house? The your house? 
um, restaurant? It started as a Your House and then turned into Lane Street Diner. And then my dad changed it to Sham's Grill because his name is Sham um, for a few years. So I was eight when they bought it and I used to hang out there all the time. I actually made friends with the little girl um, whose parents owned the Days Inn at the time. So I used to go and like play with her and hang out with her at the hotel and they lived there. So it was really interesting. Wow, that is super neat. So, you know, we tried to keep that structure, but it, it had, it was in such bad condition. There had been a fire at some point. So when, when we gutted that space, cause we had planned on using it for the restaurant, um, the fire had done so much damage that um, it really wasn't something that we could save. So that's, that's pretty neat. There's, there was a lot of history. A lot of people came and talked to us because a lot of legislators used to hang out there. Um, Smeeds York loved to tell me all the time about how, you know, he would routinely go there. Yeah, there were a lot of state employees that I remember coming in for breakfast and I, I got my first job as a waitress there at the age of nine. Oh <laughs> Not a real job, but you know, okay. Right. But yeah, I laughed earlier when you were telling some of your funny stories of when you were walking through the hotel because I remember early mornings, there were some really funny characters that would come out of that hotel. And there was once I'll never forget, I was sitting with my mom as my dad was getting ready to start breakfast. It was like a Saturday. And all of a sudden we see a cop car, like, like flying down the road, coming to the hotel. And then this naked guy just running around the property and he tried like coming into the restaurant, but luckily the doors were still locked. Um, what I have learned is that, yeah, in hospitality, everything happens in anything. So, yeah. I mean, even now as the Longleaf Hotel, we have plenty of funny stories like that. Um, Any you can share? Oh, <laughs> uh, maybe over a cocktail. Okay. <laughs> but it's, it's, um, it is never ending, right? It is what this industry is like. It's, you know, I mean, it's all of humanity, right? Well, cool. Well, Christine, um, can't thank you enough for, for being here. And I know we, we, you know, thanks for the tour the other day. That was amazing. And it's always a delight to see you. So I'm glad I got to see you twice this week. Oh, thank you. Me too. No, but you truly are an inspiration. I have enjoyed our time together and it's on record. We're going to be pals. See you on the patio. Let's do it. (laughs) Sounds good. All right. Well, thank you, Christine. Um, All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.